Welcome to today's episode of What the Football, brought to you by Game Time, the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater events near you. Game Time has killer last-minute deals, all in prices, views from your seat, so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. Take the guesswork out of buying tickets with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, use the code WTF for $20 off of your first purchase. Restrictions apply. Visit GameTime.co for terms. Again, create an account. Redeem the code WTF for $20 off. Download GameTime today. Last-minute tickets. Lowest prices guaranteed. Hi, Amy. Hi, Susie. I sound a little froggy. I got home last night from London. Picked something up on the way back. No COVID, I promise. I think you actually sound kind of sexy. Do you know, it's so funny. Like, sometimes the sicker I get, the lower my voice goes. Yeah, it's kind of sexy. if there's a sex line working, you know, (laughs) 1-800-whatever, I could maybe make some extra cash on the side. But, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, I'm just letting you know. We're not going to hug. We're not going to share an ice cream sundae today. We're going to have to get our own. Okay. Or we could share with separate spoons. We could. Or we could get... But, but... Let's not bury the lead here as right. to why we're having this ice cream sundae. Do you want to share that or do you want me yeah, to? Yeah, so for those of you who listen to What the Football, uh, we made a bet last week. It was Raiders-Patriots week, Patriots-Raiders week, whatever. I really thought that would be an opportunity for Bill to remind Josh McDaniel, who's your daddy. <laughs> it was not. It was not. And I now owe you copious toppings. What are we going to have? Because I owe you for this. First of all, there's an expression nowadays. Let's manifest this. I'm going to manifest something. I hate that expression. Okay. But on CBS. Is that like calling something organic? I think it's more like saying I'm going to be intentional. Yeah. Okay. Whatever. But two weeks ago, not, not this past Sunday, the Sunday before, on CBS Sports Network, that other pregame show, we had to pick some games. And I picked the Raiders to manifest the win, and I did. So as much as I hate the expression, you owe me a big, big, big ice cream sundae. Remember how Julia Roberts said it? Big. Huge. Big, huge. From Pretty Woman, of course. Mm -hmm. Uh, Okay, I will meet you after the show. Come over to my house. We got plenty of ice cream. We'll make it up together. We can each have our own. Okay, deal. Deal. Uh, Yeah, rough loss. For the Patriots, Teddy Bruschi, I watched him on ESPN this weekend, and I think about the three rings that he won with Bill. He was talking about maybe, you know, the meaningful wins aren't there. So who knows if your prediction will come true and what we talked about, um, the possibility of moving on. But it was a rough watch for me. It was about as good as the watch was for Rich with the Jets. We watched that game on Game Pass from London. (laughs) And I thought that I would have Rich come on this week just because, you know, he's... Pretty relevant right now. We are in his studio. And he could actually share the fact that he was screaming out Brook Street uh, in London when the Jets actually uh, went ahead and, and took the win over the year. Okay, first of all, Rich is relevant everywhere, not just in his studio. And I want to let you know, I will represent Rich in this relevancy discussion if you wish. Number two, we just talked about Pretty Woman, Julia Roberts, big, huge, to describe my Sunday. Do you remember... Um, I think it was when Harry met Sally. It was with Meg Ryan. And remember the scene in the deli? Of course there was. Where she says, I'll have what she's having and the woman's. I kind of imagine that's what Rich was like as the Jets were winning. Like that woman. And then they turned and said, I'll have what she's having. Well, wasn't it Rob Reiner's mom? I learned that. actually did that. And I think it was impromptu. But that scene where she was carrying on, was that Rich when the Jets were winning? It was something. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I thought maybe security would come to our room. (laughs) 
And it was late. You know, watching games from London is not for the weak at heart. I mean, we sat there watching on a laptop, and uh, let's just say that there was an extra bottle of wine that was opened up, and he was like, you know, woo-hoo-hooing. You've, you've heard Rich get it really excited. So we'll talk to him about that as well. Cool. As, uh, the rest of what's happening in the National Football League, and we can also kind of just sell them down the road for whatever we want to sell them for because, you know, I'm equal opportunity. Okay. So I'm more than happy to uh, embarrass him or do whatever it has to be. So let's just talk about, before we get into the topic of the day, which is the owners' meetings, because no one has probably been behind the scenes more than you have in your 30-year career with the Raiders. Uh, It is the week that the owners will meet in New York this week and talk about what happens there. Um, Let's just hit a couple things really quickly. Uh, Anthony Richardson might be out for the season. I mean, that's one of the huge losses that we're going to see right now this week. And we've heard week after week that this kid has to learn how to play in the National Football League. But it would be a big loss to see him go out this early. It would, and the team has to do the obvious, which is balance short-term versus long-term. They clearly believe he is their long-term answer at quarterback. So they've got to weigh getting him on the field this season versus protecting him for the long-term. As to him taking hits, I thought what Trevor Lawrence did after the first meeting of those two teams was magnificent, and it, to me, epitomized sportsmanship. Trevor Lawrence walked up to Anthony on the field after the game and said, you were great, you made some outstanding plays, but you've got to protect yourself. The hits are harder in the National Football League than in college. And, you know, I reference that because that is, as I said, sportsmanship. And unfortunately, Trevor was right and prescient, and Anthony is now hurt, and it's going to be a long-term versus short-term analysis by the team. And we'll talk with Rich in a couple minutes about the Jets' victory over the Eagles. I didn't realize, I didn't realize going in that we were looking at the last undefeated team and that the Jets had never defeated mm-hmm. the Eagles in franchise history. Mm-hmm. It was a big deal. Yeah, it was a big deal. It was a big deal. I'm sure Rich um, probably thought so, too. Do you get, uh, are you one of those people that gets excited about, oh, the undefeated teams, there's no more undefeated? Does that matter to you? No, I don't. Um, look, it's an eight, 18-week season, 17 games. Um, I, I just, I don't get all giddy and yippy about like stats like that. I mean, look, now there's no undefeated teams. Yeah. I think the only people who get excited about that were the dolphins from the undefeated team. Right. And then the Patriots, the year that they almost that, that they, uh, they lost and uh, was it the lot, they lost the, the keyword being almost. Yeah, I know. Yes. Yeah, against the giants, whatever. Almost. It's not nice. You I was there. To... Were you? Yeah. Where was that one? I think it was Arizona, but I'm Maybe. not 100% I think it was Arizona. sure. Yeah. It was Arizona. We stayed in this crazy place called the Wigwam. And I remember that because it was called the Wigwam, first of all. And then they also had a, um, they had a uh, uh, water slide. And it was one of the things you have to be a certain height to be able to do the water slide at the Wigwam. And one of my kids wasn't high enough. Would I have been tall enough? Maybe not. Yeah, that's kind of sad. Have you ever not been able to go on a ride because you were too short? Oh, as a kid. You know, we'd go to Disneyland, you'd go to Magic Mountain, and you'd have to, you know, be up to the measurement. Sometimes, you know, one of my siblings or cousins would kind of let me cheat and stand on their feet so I could try to reach, yeah. Rich is going to love the fact that I'm using this real estate to talk about the wigwam, but, you know, it's my podcast, so there you go. It is, but I'm, you know, a big fan of not mentioning anyone by name if they ain't paying us for advertising, so. Oh, good point. Yeah. So, I will, I'll leave that out next time. What are those owners' meetings like? I have to wonder, how many owners' meetings have you been to? I've never counted, but it's got to be over 100, 100 at the minimum. Look, I was in the league almost 30 years. There's about three regularly scheduled a year, plus there's always some special meetings. So let's call it 100, give or take. How many years did you do owners' meetings before another woman was in the room? 
Oh, um, Susie, it was a number of years. I don't remember how many. I was there for a number of years. I was the only woman in the room. And then Jeannie Bonk from the Chargers was there, Donna Ponte, but that was many years later. Um, there were some owners um, meetings where wives of owners, daughters of owners, but in terms of an employee with no relation to ownership, it was a number of years. So tell us what it's like. I think the best part about having you on this podcast is that you can take us places that we're never going to go. So what is it like to be a part of an owner's meeting? Well, the easiest, fastest description is to tell you it's like junior high school, although some of them, more like elementary school, some of them leaned to high school. First of all, there's the annual meeting in March where every team brings five, six, seven, eight people and spouses, and it's a social gathering. All the real work gets done at what are called one and two per club meetings. And there is a lot of work that gets done, and there are serious discussions, and, and there are important discussions, and they are like junior high or elementary school. Oh, Susie, we pass notes. Um, I would sit in my chair, and like we'd all be passing notes around to each other. Who would you pass notes to? Oh, who, who gave you the every, best note? Well, okay, one of the best comments ever. Uh, I'm sitting next to, he's now passed away, but the son of the family that owned the Browns, which is now the Ravens, Pat Bolin walks in the room. Pat Bolin, of course, former owner of the Broncos, who has also passed away. And he walks in. The meeting's already started. Pat's wearing a black shirt, buttoned down, tucked into black pants, black belt. The pants are tucked into black boots. So here he comes walking in, solid black outfit. And the guy leans over to me and says, Subcommander Marcos, straight in from the front, well, we start giggling like 10-year-olds. And when Al Davis has to tell you to behave, you know you're probably not behaving. Did Al shush you? Uh, he didn't shush me, but he kind of, and he, he kind of, you know, said, okay, kids, you know, these are my words, not his, but, you know, behave. And he was laughing, too. One time, the then owner of the Philadelphia Eagles, Norman Brayman, was so angry at what then Commissioner Tagliabu was saying or not saying, he stood up, walked to the front of the room, leaned over Tagliabu, pointed down at him and said, hey, pal, you work for me. And he said it again, you work for me. Well, I'm sitting in my chair and I'm getting all giddy and I'm sort of like jiggling around because I thought it was great. And Al again, Shh, you know, behave. Uh, yeah, I, you know, when you're the behavior problem that Al Davis needs to be telling to kind of act maturely, probably an issue. I mean, seriously. By the way, one of my favorite stories yeah. involves someone with a Boston accent. So okay. there's a segue here. It was Jack Donlin. He was sitting, um, he was with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, sitting right next to me. Well, there's a very, very serious discussion, debate going on between Carmen Policy of the 49ers and Steve Gutman of the Jets. And they are really, and it was a, you know, it was a fair debate. It was loud, it was heated, but it was businesslike. Well, they're both standing up now, and one of them says to the other, you, sir, are alarmingly disingenuous. Well, Jack Donlin turns to me, and I won't say what he actually said. I'll say effing instead, but he said the real word, as did I. Um, but, you know, our producer Don says I shouldn't swear on air. So, Oh, I you, wish you would. I, I know, I kind of want to, but I don't want to get us in trouble. Just, you, sir, are alarmingly disingenuous. Jack turns to me and says, I hear you're supposed to be pretty smart. Is alarmingly disingenuous the same thing as an effing liar? Only he's from Boston, and he didn't say effing. He said the full word. He says, is that the same thing as an effing liar? Well, I thought about it for a little bit, and I said, yes. Yes, it is. Alarmingly disingenuous is like calling someone an effing liar. Only I said the word. 
Because if you wanted to just call someone a liar, you would call them disingenuous. But if you're calling them an alarmingly disingenuous person, you're calling them an effing liar. Well, all of a sudden, Al pokes me in the back. He didn't ask you for an effing grammar lesson. <laughs> Only he didn't say effing either. No, alarmingly. And we passed notes, alarmingly. Alarmingly. Did anybody ever try to steal you from Al? No. They probably knew that you weren't going anywhere. Um, I wasn't going anywhere. And I'm going to say the following without judgment as to those of my colleagues and peers around the league who viewed this differently. Many, many people viewed a job with a team as fungible, and they would move from team to team to team to team. And I'm not just talking about coaches, but front office people. I didn't view my job as fungible. I was a raider, and it never interested me to go somewhere else, either during my career or when I had the opportunity after I left the Raiders. What was the reaction like amongst the owners when Al would walk in the room at an owner's meeting? Um, Some extremely warm, extremely welcoming. Others maybe a little scared to sort of cozy up to him because they knew we weren't always on good terms with the league. And by the way, I am now going to revert to my eight-year-old self, having told you that these league meetings, they really are like junior high school meetings. I mean, you know, you got to try to see if, are you going to eat lunch with the cool kids? Do you even have a table in the lunch area? We could talk about how it, just a big deal it is to get the chairs. That's a big deal. Um, I just don't recall a time of anyone being not, not warm to him. Um, oh, but, you know, oh, I'm sorry. I was going to tell you about when I was an eight-year-old, act like my eight-year-old self. All the litigation, you know, Raiders, League, Antitrust, Mom, they started it. So when everybody talks to me about, well, you know, the Raiders litigated a lot, we litigated. They sued us. Al just counterclaimed with a vengeance. What was it over? Uh, it was before I joined the team, but it was over Al's relocation of the team from the Bay Area down to Los Angeles. And it ended up being an antitrust suit. And some of the very people who were advocating that Al should be sued later took advantage of the rulings in the, in the matter and the fact that teams could move. But I'm always very defensive about that. We were the defendant. We didn't start it, Mom. So crazy. I didn't even know who started it. I wasn't aware of it at the time. Uh, let's talk about the chairs. What's it like in terms of who gets to sit where? Okay, that is like such does, a does, great question. Does Jerry Jones get, like, the best seat? Does Bob no, Kraft? No, no, no. Every Okay, so there's three long, long, long tables, like long. They're table after table after table. Three rows that are parallel to one another. And at the front, there's a row that's perpendicular to the three parallel rows. And the league office people sit in the front, and the people that are making presentations sit in the front. Susie, every single team wants to sit in the same place every single meeting. So I joined the Raiders. Shortly after I joined the Raiders, Al brings me to one of those two-per-club meetings that I referenced. Well, the gentleman he used to bring before I joined the team, instead of being annoyed or pissy, was really a teammate and told me what to do when I got to the meeting. He said, get the chair. I'm like, what do you mean? Get the chairs. You have to get the chairs. I said, what does that mean? Well, every team wants to sit in the same seats every single meeting in the same area. So you got to get in and you got to put your name down on the chairs. Well, my first thought is, well, then why don't they just assign the seats if everyone wants the same chairs? Okay, 4 a.m., I'm downstairs sneaking through the kitchen to get into the league meeting room to put our names in the chairs. I ran into someone from another team who's doing the same thing. So there we are 
executives from different teams sneaking through the kitchen at 4 a.m. to put our name on the chairs because everybody wants the same damn chair. Well, then why don't they just assign them? But then it's lunch break. At lunch break, you go into another room and it really is like junior high. Am I going to have someone to sit with? I didn't really care because I knew I could sit with Alan. That pretty much was cool enough for me. I think it was the coolest place. But it's really like junior high. And as I said, we passed notes. We giggled. We laughed. What was the craziest thing that you ever saw happen at an owner's meeting? Crazy. Well, I thought the alarmingly disingenuous argument was pretty, pretty steamy. Um, oh, here's a good one, too. Uh, Jim Ursay's dad owned the team before he, Jim inherited it from him at one point. And this was just hilarious. So the league sues the Raiders as I just acted like my eight-year-old saying, Mom, we didn't start it. That litigation gets all resolved, et cetera, et cetera. At one point, the league starts acting somewhat threatening again. And he stands up and he says, can we just please not sue Al anymore? This does not end well for us. I was cheering again. Fantastic. Um, We are going to have Rich come out after this conversation about the owners' meetings. We're going to have him come out and... Give us his spin. He's been to one. I'm sure. Did you see him at an owner's meeting in, uh, in, uh, at the breakers? Oh, that's that's the other thing. You walk out of the owner's meeting at a break time, at lunchtime, after the meeting, and the media is all assembled right outside the meeting. I am sure Rich saw me running so fast from those meeting room doors to get past the media to avoid talking to them. I think I ran like a 4440. We can ask him about that. Did you not like talking to the media? No, I didn't want to. But the ultimate irony that you are. Uh, I'm going to talk to you about game time really quickly. Um, it's so hard to find great tickets to a concert. And you know I talk about this every week. It's just so frustrating having kids and having to buy so many seats. I love game time because it's easy. And I am so bad at the intranet. I'm bad at any of this stuff. <laughs> I have to ask uh, Thelma, our nanny, to help me all the time because I, I really am embarrassing. My son navigates my computers for me, but... I put the game time app in. It's easy to get around. You can see where your seats are going to be. That means no more showing up and you can't see the stage because there's a giant blockade in front of you. So game time doesn't pull any punches. They let you know what's up front. They let you know the total price and cost and pricing. And with a house full of kids that have different tastes and allegiances to artists and teams, game time is the perfect solution to finding tickets to satisfy everyone. I love that, that they have tickets last minute up to the start of the event because sometimes, you know, I could be in Camarillo at a doubleheader for baseball. I don't know what time I'm getting back, but what if there's a great concert? I can go last minute. Up until an hour after it starts, it is the place to find last-minute seats. So download the Game Time app, create an account, use the code WTF for $20 off of your first purchase. Restrictions apply. Visit GameTime.co for terms. Again, create an account, redeem the code WTF for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last-minute tickets, lowest prices guaranteed. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about how to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford Anything, wherever you listen. And as promised, Rich Eisen joins us here Thank on you. What the Football. Amy, let me ask Rich this first question. Are you horrified every time I open my mouth because you're worried about what I'm going to say? Why would you say such Is a there a part of you that's like, oh, Jesus, what's she going to say now? Um, No. 
Well, well if, if you, you do, that? you'd have that in common with my husband, who I think holds his breath every time I open my mouth on air, just wondering what's going to come out. There's, there's no doubt. Sometimes he looks at me like with this. He has a look of apprehension, like this. You're right. You, you. Just, right. That's a very good imitation. Yeah. It's good, right? No, but right? I, because actually, I'm. I'm attuned to wanting to make sure you're happy. Right. Like that's literally Aww. my default. Right. That's, that, that is, is true. true. That is my default every day. He's also so worried. I'm going to say something absolutely awful. Like so what? I think, I don't like know. What? I just, I, I feel like you have like that, that look on your face. Like, Oh God, what's she going to say now? By the way, I feel like I'm like at lunch with the cool kids right now. This is now. fun. I'm sitting with the cool kids. I love sitting on this set uh, right now with this shot. I'm, I'll describe it for those who are listening. Uh, I'm covering up the B in the, the name. It looks like what the foot all. <laughs> Is right now. Hey, my head, my my head covers up the whole bit. What the foot all is a, it's not a good name. You know, but I'm glad to be here. What's up? Big win for the Jets last oh week. Loss for the Patriots, and it prompts this question for me. It's something I've wondered about. Okay. What is your household like <laughs> on Jets Patriots or Patriots Jets Day? And do either or both of you work to recruit the kids to your side? I will answer this question if I may. May I answer this question? You may. Thank you. Um, so when um, when Xander was born, so 15 years ago about, coming up. Um, and he's, Coming up, he's 15. Oh, he's 15. I'm bad at math. I'm more verbal. <laughs> so at any rate, so he's born, and the amount, the, the flood torrent of bibs and onesies and you name it, anything to do with the baby, the gifts pour in. From New England. They're all Patriots, Celtics, and Red Sox. Did you burn them? Well, no. I, I, I had a decision to make uh, that was based on many different loves of team, sports, children, family, wife. I mean, it, I, I had I had to do I, all I, these things. I don't things. think you should list wife last. But no, that's no, no, no. Did you notice where that came down? No, no. I, team, sports, Children, family, I've wife. I've already established. <laughs> hey, thanks so much for joining us here default. on What the Football. No, it's What Great the Great to see you. It's What the Football. Find a, so, find a hotel. So, no, I've established my love and concern for your, um, your for your, for your Happiness. essence. Happiness. Anyway, he did bring me my coffee with some Dayquil first this morning. Thing, first thing. First thing. Anyway, um, that said, all I'm saying is that these Jets that I have been in love with for so long, the one thing I did not want to do is get my children into my oh. world of hell, hell or, or the, the private pile, the world of, you know, S uh, I didn't want to get in them in that. And so I couldn't also with Tom Brady quarterbacking the Patriots at the time and, you know, fresh off of their undefeated regular season and a Michigan guy at that, I just couldn't sit there and say, I have, will use my one clear preemptory on saying, no, I cannot have them root for the Patriots. And by, by the way, you know how I feel about the Kraft family as well. So I could not sit there and say, no, you, you cannot root for the New England Patriots when they're at their ultimate height and the Jets are such garbage, I thought, child services might come and remove the children from my that, care. That's actually yeah. very, very, very gracious and giving you, of you. Can I tell you my really quick family jet story? Sure, sure. 
So it's my grandma's birthday. I think it was her 75th birthday. By or the something. way, just to, before you finish, th those are not adjectives I think she would have used to describe my decision. Gracious right? and generous yes, and think, mature. Yes, I don't know if you saw her. She bristled a little bit. Um, I was I was ignoring him. But oh, okay. So I'm sorry, you're saying. It was my out. grandma's birthday. I think it was her 75th, 80th birthday, whatever it was. She yeah. was living in L.A. All our relatives come out. We're going to yeah. have a big, big, big dinner party. Well, the Jets are playing the Raiders in the L.A. Coliseum that day. And my cousin, this is also his grandma, Huge, huge, huge Jets fan. Okay. So we're playing the Jets, and it's third quarter, fourth. We're losing. I have I'm upstairs in the staff section of the press box. I have someone bring a note from me. I'm like, you got to go bring this to my husband. He's down in section such and such. And the note says, if we lose this game, I'm not going to dinner. And it was the big, big, big party for my grandma. It was her big birthday party. I like the it. The note says. If we lose this game, I'm not going to that. And then I wrote FN, but I didn't write yeah. FN. I yeah. wrote the word out, dinner. Well, we end up pulling a victory out at the last, yes, last, last that's minute. that's what always happens with and the Jets and the Raiders. And I go strutting into that dinner like Felix the Cat walking on in. And they're like, oh, you're here now. I said, yes, I am. But I wouldn't have been there. If, if we lost, I would have just said, happy birthday, Grandma, and gone home. But that is a perfect example of what management you know, feels like on game day, that this is truly... Oh, a, yeah. This is more than just a game. Oh, this is professional life and death, and you're dealing with also a mercurial uh, individual at the top, and and there's so many fans uh, who don't quite grasp just what it really means. I I, I remember Jeff, my my brother, um, didn't have nearly as much. What would you say? Uh, grace or graciousness I or said whatever. Gracious generosity, right. maturity. Well, plus, he also married a, a, a you know a woman who doesn't you know root for the Patriots or anything like that. And he always gives me crap. He's like, your 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 kids root for the Patriots or whatever. I'm like, why would you think that? They're I not. Would... A, they're not a bunch of losers. Well, I mean, that's another the way Jets to put it. Jets were four and You're twelve in two thousand seven. Who is rooting for the Jets? No anyway, offense, Lee. So so. But listen, the Jets were four and twelve. The when, year that Xander was I, born. Yeah, I know. They were terrible. I wasn't going to sit there and say... Put him through a life full of misery? I wouldn't do it. What did the Patriots do then? They won it all. There were a lot of rings, or they Rich. Almost did. You know, Rich, they, they were alarmingly about, successful. And you talk about a mercurial owner. Right. There were times I was so upset about a loss... He called me at home <laughs> to say, are you okay, Amy? My neighbors all knew if we lost a game, yeah. we drove home, garage door up, pulled in, garage door down. Yeah. Don't talk to Amy till Wednesday. There was one time I was so upset by a loss. My parents had flown up to Oakland. They were going to stay with us overnight. Yeah. I forgot to open the front door. I left him standing on the front door for like 20 minutes on the doorstep. I finally opened the door and say, why didn't you knock? My dad said, are you kidding? We're scared of you right now. We're not knocking on the door. That's a, I, it makes total sense because I, I brought Lee um, and my brother Jeff to a Jets-Chargers game years and years and years ago. And my nephew at the time, he's in his late 20s now, he was a teenager. And uh, we brought him to the game, and he was wearing his Curtis Martin Jets Aww. gamer. And we went on the field, and I saw some members of the Chargers said, we had no idea you were coming. You should come and hang out with us mm -hmm. right and i, I said I'd, I'd love to but my nephew's standing right over there and they saw him in a jets jersey and they're like we 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 can't uh have you there like the spanos is like could not have somebody with a jets jersey in their in their suite and i totally understand that another great story i have on that front is steve bashotti the owner of yeah. the ravens yeah um once upon a time um George Clooney was dating, uh, I forget what her name was at the time. She was uh, one of the um, 
Dancing with the Stars participants or something Stacey like that. Yes, that's right. And she, well, How she did was, you remember that? Very impressive. Wow. She, but she, she was a former Ravens cheerleader, and so thus part of the Ravens family. And she called up and asked if it's okay to have George come to a game with her to the to you know the bank. The but Ravens. he's a Bengals fan. But he's a Bengals fan. She wanted to go, and so Bashadi's like, absolutely, like have him come. Did to he my come suite. in Bengals gear? No, but as soon as she he Bashadi found out that he wanted to come to a Bengals at Ravens game. He's just like, would love to meet him, but he cannot be in my suite. And and this may sound, you know, impersonal, and it may sound, you know, um, completely off to some fans, but I totally get on game day, wins and losses are the world. And I wouldn't talk to anyone other than yeah. people with whom I had to speak for business. It's like if we lost on a Sunday – do not even speak to me if you're a neighbor. I mean, unless you're like dying and you need me to come save you or you've been abducted by zombies and I need to rescue you, leave me alone till Wednesday. And I mean, I did. I left my parents <laughs> on the front doorstep for 20 minutes Gotta and they were too impressive. scared to knock. But what impressive. I love, what I love about you so much though is like, you're not a very big person. Let's just flip, put that out there, okay? I, I have to. I'm 5'8", right? So if I'm wearing like my shack boots, I'm a good six foot. That can be intimidating, right? Are you five three? I am five three. Okay, I hit that one. Wow! And when you're she's in a like, bad, she's like, finish your sentence. Yeah, <laughs> but like when you're in a bad mood, I, I mean, I can't decide whether it's funny or frightening. Susie, Susie, it's very frightening. Can we can we focus for a moment? Princess of Darkness, which is my favorite Be name afraid. of all and listen, time. You love dogs, as do I. Yes. You love rescuing animals, as do I. You know, sometimes when you've got a really, really big dog yeah. and then a little one, sometimes the little ones are more feisty. Well, let me just say this. Let me say this story here. First time I ever met Amy Trask. Uh -oh. Since I know this is an owner's meeting week. As yes, well. please. Okay. Bring us back to No, no, focus, here we go. Uh, no, 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 seriously. Um, and then I'll finish the whole other story here about kids and who what we root for in our house. But the first time I ever met Amy Trask was at an owner's meeting. I forget where it was. All I know... It was like the year for, year one, year two of NFL mm -hmm. Network. Mm -hmm. And in walked both at the same time together, Al Davis and Amy Trask. And I stood there and I watched as you walked in the room. And the only thing was missing was the Darth Vader Imperial so March awesome. music in the background. And I kid you not, I was scared shitless. By, and, and honestly, the two of you would walk in a room and I, you, you, you basically had this air about you. It was like the owners' meeting can now begin because the Raiders have arrived, and we are going to abstain because we're going to piss everybody off in this room about absolutely everything. We will take a stance on nothing <laughs> except to... obstructing what you want, and that was essentially the air you gave off to everybody when you walked in the room. First of all, I love that. I love that. I love that. And I just, before you go back to your story about sure. the family, I got to tell you about the abstention thing. Al always abstained. On everything. Before I joined the team, a lawyer that was outside counsel told him for legal reasons, once the league had sued him, just abstain, just abstain. Well, the, he just kept abstaining and abstaining. One of my biggest, biggest, biggest goals was to get him to stop abstaining, yeah. which I did. So everybody was always making fun of us for abstaining. I finally, finally get Al to change. I'm like, I convince him we're going to vote yes or no. Yeah. A vote comes up. He votes no. And one of the other teams, it was Carl Peterson from the Chiefs, yeah. gets all harumphy that we voted no. I said, 
bet you wish we were abstaining now. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that was every single time. And, uh, you know, I just remember then getting to know you and meet you and you start talking about rescue dogs. And I'm like, who is this person? But you still need to be afraid of me. I was, though. I still was, Amy, for, for like up until like two, three years ago when we finally really got to know each other for real. And I just remember one one owner's meeting, it was towards the end of Al's life, and you were with him as well. I remember this was in Arizona at the Biltmore Hotel, I believe. Ooh, with those s'mores at the fire pit. Oh, my oh. gosh. There was, there was nothing uh, s'morey about this conversation because the NFL Network had just completed or was just in the midst of having an anthology of the top uh, ranked, you know, 50, you know, 40 or whatever it was through number one of the Super Bowl winners of all time. And the Los Angeles Raiders was, uh, you know, their championship team was ranked like 22. And Al thought that was an outrage, <laughs> an absolute outrage. And he walked up to me. I remember he had his walker with the mm -hmm. tennis balls on the bottom mm -hmm. of him. And you were standing right next to him. And he's staring at I me remember. with his big, thick Brooklyn accent. You know, the L.A. Raiders, 22nd overall, whatever it was. Who the hell came up with that ranking? I need to speak to that person. What you know, and basically he was insinuating, was it you, Rich? Like I'm like, I had nothing to do with this, sir. And you're like standing there next to him, like, yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, what the hell is happening here? Honestly, I, I I'm I'm glad I went to the bathroom just before because I might have actually done something right there in front of you guys. Honestly, that was one of the all the all of the interactions that I can remember. Where I where I first met you, and now I you know know just who you still are. Still be a little more afraid. Be a little afraid. Yeah. I am. Afraid, yeah. I am. Uh, just just to finish up. So yes, um, my my kids are Patriots fans, um, Celtics fans, and I put my preemptory on the Red Sox. No effing way on planet Earth was I going to have them root for the Red Sox. I think there is one one shot of Zan in a Red Sox like jacket or something, and that was it. I'm like. No way. Like I will put, I, I put my preemptory on challenge. Preemptory on challenge. That. Yes. Yeah. I might. Yes. I, I got rid of the Red Sox juror from the pool yeah. and I put the Yankee <laughs> one in there. So it's great. Like Cooper, our 12 year old is going to go to college one day and they'll say, you know, who are your teams? And he'll go Celtics, Patriots, Yankees. And they'll be like, who the hell are you? Like what, what household did you come from? Did you, you know? hear that? He said, my kids. I, oh, always, come on. You know, I've actually always wondered. Moms do that. that dads do that. No. And they'll say, my kids, my kids. You know, uh -uh. it takes two. By the way. You do that I'm all the time. I'm trying to remember when I saw Rich pregnant three times. Oh, my God. My kids? Oh, my God. You do that all uh -huh. the time, though. Uh -huh. You do that Should way I, more um, than I do. Uh, Falcon to Rebel Base. Falcon to <laughs> Rebel Base. Should I, I don't do that on a podcast. Should I move between the two of them? What Seriously. What the foot all is going on here? <laughs> Get our name right, okay? Oh, We're branding my, here. My head is as big as the B. Look at that. I'm sorry. Well, so, didn't, didn't your dad tell you you had a big head yes. one time? <laughs> his no. Dad, okay, so Joel, Stop. God rest his oh, soul, God, was yes. just a sweet, sweet guy. He once told Rich when he went to Cornell Summer School and he gained about 25 pounds I did. eating late night pizza. When he came home, he goes, Richard, you're grotesque. Yeah, he told me I was grotesque. You're, you're grotesque. Oh, that's yeah. ouch. He yeah. also told him that he had a very large head. <laughs> That's out. <laughs> so he told me, but he was a sweetheart of a man. I loved him. At any rate, what else do you want to talk about on what the fuck? When, when I woke the kids up this morning, I will say, when I woke up my kids this morning. No. <laughs> Come on. Taylor was in a Celtics uni, top to bottom, because she thinks it's cool whatever she gets from Cooper, too. 
and Cooper was Celtics top to bottom. It was gorgeous. Yeah, he's he's a big Celtic fan, and I don't mind it. You know, again, I'm a Knicks fan from growing up, and you know, I I'm going to invite Jeannie Buss on this podcast. When are you going to do that? By the and way, I think, yeah, when do you want to do that? Well, well the you season know, starts. Just, okay. Let's get her in here. Well, we'll get Jeannie Buss. She's just, um, by the way, Jeannie and I, we went to the same high school. Um, a lot of people went to our high school. Just so you know, Mike okay. Silver, which okay. Steve Kerr, Palisades High School. In the Palisades. Mike Silver, uh, a big favorite of uh, Al Dilo Casal, right? From oh, back in the yeah. day. <laughs> Did he say he got high or something like that? He um, smoked doobies with. Oh, I don't. Was that Loki or someone else who said that? Al we, Locusel. You know, and by the oh way, there, God, there is a. You worked with like the five families. Like um, that was, <laughs> I, honestly, like that was, I remember him. We, you scared the crap out of everybody. You know, there's a really I neat... really like that about you. She I did. love an intimidating woman. I'm so happy. Every time I hear a story about how scary you were, it, it warms my evil heart. Your evil heart. You have the biggest heart in the room. Well, you and Rich. Um, you mm. know, the Mike Silver story is a very good story, and it's a life lesson. Mm-hmm. Huge, huge, huge brouhaha between the Raiders and Mike Silver umpteen times. I had to sign the checks every time the league fined us for the way we treated <laughs> Mike. So we treated Mike poorly, rudely, horribly. I didn't think it was that bad, but it broke league rules, so we got fined, and I had to sign the damn fine check. And you know what? Mike and I have had conversations, and mm-hmm. we're friends now. We worked through that, and I think there's a good life lesson in that. Okay, I like that. Very good. Well, <clears throat> since yes. you are the producer of the podcast no, and you complained it. to me this morning that we went too long. No, I didn't. You, you did. The word complain. No, you did. You, just, you, you were like, it's a bit long. I don't want it to go so long. So I'm giving nothing, you a heads there's up. There's nothing to do with that. It's just, again, like I'm, I'm, you know, we're, all right, whatever. What else? He's collaborative. I'm trying. You're collaborative. What was the best part of the game's from England, by the way. And we got home last night, which is why I sound like a frog. Because right. every time I sit in a plane for 12 hours, I pick something up. Right. So what was the best part? Like, tell us a little something. Take us. Uh... Not flying with you? Well, there was that, too. <laughs> right. We flew in different planes. She now, do you do that? that, because, do you, that and do you do that because you're parents and you want to make sure that you're not on the same plane? That or was correct. that just logistical? That's hers. That's I don't her. like flying on the same that's plane her. as him. I was very percent. happy to take my own flight back. Right, I watched but is that 30 be- Rock for six hours. Her a million percent. Yep. But is that but because as parents yes. you want to make, okay. That is exactly. It's not because you just don't like sitting together. Well, no, I, I mean, look, it turned out that in order to get the best rate, I had to fly United both ways. I couldn't just. Oh like, my God, you was, just mentioned another business and they're not it. paying us. Damn mm. it. Sorry. I had to fly a certain you don't airline. Want, you don't want. Someone send them a bill. Someone send them a bill. That's so, true. Uh, my answer to that question. Um, is I just love calling the games. I love being there. I get to, you know, do so many things um, professionally, uh, usually, uh, you know, doing um, the daily show here is a perfect example. Um, like yeah, but tell the, us something interesting. No, no, Did you no, get to no, meet no. the new king? <laughs> Did you get to <laughs> tell you something interesting? I'm, I'm this, like, is normally, not, this is normally, not, this is not interesting. Did you get to, me something oh, Did you get to meet the new king? Wow. Did you I, meet the king? King Henry. I met Derek Henry. No. I meant mean. a king of England. No, no. King Charles the Third was not there. They didn't have me over. Kind of stuck. They didn't have me over. I feel over. like they should. I it feel sh- like it's the it NFL. It was Shabbat. Um, so, <laughs> so he was busy? So he was so busy. Like, yeah, he wasn't home. Right. He wasn't home because they, the, uh, they had the flag up on top he of He was him. making the blue and white holla? I don't know where he was. Right. Um, I don't know. What, what, what was interesting? It was just interesting being over there and seeing the fans who were totally into it. Did Never. you go out to tea? Uh, we did we do did tea. We did do tea. We did do tea with Susie's friends and their daughters. We did that. I'm, I'm the only guy who had to leave, who had to ever leave tea because I had a production meeting. I bet. 
Um, do you feel like more people are NFL happy over there? Do you, no do, you do you get a sense when you're walking in the streets no that doubt. people want to talk to you more, not just because? Oh, talk to me more, or like just? Well, I don't want to talk about myself because you find that uninteresting. No, the, the your beginning was a little boring. <laughs> now you can have. <laughs> yeah, that's interesting. Boring. Actually, you just said something that intrigued me. You're finding you're you're finding a growing avidity. Oh, no question, no doubt about it, and and a more um, full, complete understanding of the game. Um, where uh, you don't have to explain it at all. They are diehards. And the thing that's impressive about being a diehard is their favorite team could be playing. If their favorite team is playing on Sunday or Monday night football, those games kick at 1.15 in the morning over there. It, it's it's nuts how people will stay up. They are totally into it. They're up, I mean, we were up watching the end of Eagles-Jets. It was 12.40 in the morning when that game came to an end. I'm sure you were very quiet. So I'm um, <laughs> It was wild. It was totally wild being over there. Uh, we're going to Frankfurt next um, for for NFL Network. The Chiefs and the the the, um, the Dolphins are kicking off the, what a great game. the Frankfurt Germany series in two weeks, and then after that, big follow up <clears throat> between the uh, maybe one win Patriots and Gardner Minshew and the Colts. But other than that, um, it's going to be a great two weeks there. And then I'm um, I'm I'm just assuming that the end game here is. Because uh, I don't believe a team can function overseas as a 17 regular season game year round outfit. I just don't think it's a competitive um, uh, even playing. Um, I, I guess it's it's not a playing field. Um, if somebody comes west to London and the London team's been lives there, I mean that is a total competitive disadvantage. We saw the Jaguars there for one week against the Bills team that arrived Friday morning of that week. It was a washout for many reasons. Jacksonville had a a, a better day, um, and I'm not just saying it's because the Bills were tired, but um, I'm insinuating that. That said, I just think what they're trying to do is build uh, a fuller schedule overseas so the Brits can see five, six, seven, maybe eight games, and then you'll put a couple games in Germany, if not three or four and maybe one in another part of Europe, maybe you go to the Southern Hemisphere and you have an international series that maybe the NFL could sell off as a new package. Well, I agree with you about the competitive disadvantage, of course. There's also business issues, umpteen business issues. But I'm going to say in defense of the West Coast teams, yes. so the Chargers, the Rams, the 49ers, the Seahawks, at one point it was the Raiders. They're now further east, so that's about an hour and a half of saved playing time for them. But when people talk about the distance for, say, the bills to fly to England, I did all this math last week. And I know, look at Rich's face when I say I'm going to do math. It's kind of scary. It's okay. But from East Coast teams getting to London, give or take 3,500 miles. Well, you know what? When the Chargers or the Rams play the bills in Buffalo, that's about 3,300 miles. So I remember as a West Coast team getting a little bit annoyed listening to the East Coast teams mm. whine about 3,500 miles when West Coast teams do about 3,000, 3,300 miles multiple times a season. There you go. Bunch of babies. Right? Bunch of babies. But you're, of course, right about the competitive disadvantage. It is. I think so. But And, and by the way, I love listening to you do the games. Fun. Thank you. I appreciate that. I would tell you more about it, but it's boring. <laughs> well, Rich, we have to wrap now. Okay. Uh, no, listen, we we um, we appreciate you coming. I think next time be more. a little tighter, please, because I'm looking at the clock. I went a little long. I went long. I did. He said to me yesterday, we're driving back up from the from the airport. We came, we landed, we came here. Mm -hmm. He did overreaction Monday. Yep. 
And then we got in the car to drive home, and he's like, you know, your podcast is skewing a little too long. I really want you I to I agree be with him, by the no, way. No, I agree the with reason, him. It's got nothing to do with your content. It has to do with if anybody's looking for a podcast and they see a long one, they might not choose it. Because I agree. Because their commute is shorter. I agree. Yeah, you know but you, I mean? you've been telling some stories, Rich. Okay. And it's called, well, I want it's waxing called y- rhapsodic. It's, calling, it's called yarn spinning. Right. I want you to come back. This I'm, was fun. I'm yeah. here. I'm easy to book. Here's the good news. Yeah. He's here all the time. That's right. Also, he has to, or I'll just lock the garage. That's true. That's true. <laughs> Thanks for coming. Anytime. Thanks for doing it. <laughs> See you every five minutes. Yes, absolutely right. Amy, this is a good one. I love hearing your stories. I mean, that's the best part you about know having you. I, it took five. What are As we, is this our sixth, is this our sixth podcast? Yes, this or is fifth? the week six edition of what the Okay, fuck? well, so it took me five weeks, but I finally figured out yeah. that I get to just relax and be me. Yes. And I don't have to worry about anything. And so it yes. took me five weeks to figure out how to do a podcast. I was always, always, always in school, the slow kid in the back of the class. Um, but now I get it. So we're going to have fun. Best edition of what the foot all ever. <laughs> Would you stop screwing with our branding? Your, 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 your head is perfectly in. My head is, is messing with the branding. O. Wait, put All it right. over an O. Guys, thanks for listening. I hope it wasn't too painful. I apologize for the frogginess of it all. It's I'll all be good. Sexy, week, sexy. Right? It's yeah. great. It's very I, I Deborah froggy. Winger. Very, oh, yeah. that's very cool. Mm-hmm. Next week, it might be Marshall Falk. It might be Jeannie Buss. There it goes. It might be Al Michaels. Can you wrap up? Because I'm, I'm hurting my back. Making sure that the B of he just needs a little bit more attention. Thanks, guys. Thanks for taking in this week's edition of What the Football. As always, leave comments. We are very happy to answer questions. We will talk to you next Tuesday. Time for ice cream, Amy. Yeah. John brings his skewed sense of humor. Jeff brings tips to cut strokes off your next round. Together, it's those weekend golf guys. They'll pay a lot of money to PXG and Titleist and Callaway and on and on and on. Right? How many yards do you think you're going to pick up with that extra? I think I can get an extra five to ten. What if I give you 15 to 20? <laughs> you pay me more. Jeff Smith right? teaches on the sliding scale. <laughs> those weekend golf guys, the podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B L E A V on YouTube or wherever you listen.